Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Have you ever been in a situation where you need to search something on the internet, but it's kind of embarrassing and you don't want people to ever find out what you're searching for? It might be like a medical thing or a personal thing or whatever. I don't know what you're up to. I don't know what you're up to. And you might be thinking to yourself, look, I can just go into incognito mode. But let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browser history. Your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why. Even when I'm at home, I never go online without ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Now, most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on because it runs seamlessly in the background and it's so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is also available on all your devices. We're talking phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you to not be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet. expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet to learn more. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As the Invisible Man attempts to reboot the Dark Universe again... (laughs) Let's look at the very first Dark Universe film, but not really, because it's also a reboot of The Mummy from 1932. We're talking about The Mummy, 1999. We came into this, we came into the room to record this, and I'm like, why are we doing this again? And I'm like, I assume it's because Universal Pictures, the owner of a bunch of pseudo-public domain monster movies from back in the day... That they've run into the ground. (laughs) They're attempting to do it again. They tried to do it with Dracula Untold. Untold. They tried to do it with The Mummy 2017. They tried to do it with The Mummy, Tomb of the Emperor Dracula. Dragon, which is the threequel to this. Oh, yeah. They tried it with the Scorpion King, the spin-off. They tried it with the Wolfman. They tried it with Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> anyway, I think the Invisible Man... They tried Man... it with the creature from the Black Lagoon and he and he runs a sandwich truck. <laughs> you know? No one. Yeah. It's just a lovable adventure. Some friends. But I think this movie, though, is the reason they keep trying this because this yeah. was a huge movie. It's part Indiana Jones, yep. part Terminator, part Ray Harryhausen. Mm. All adventure, Mason! Well, here's the thing, because this thing we do... Is called Caravan of Garbage. And do people leave a like normally? They absolutely do on Caravan of Garbage. I thought so. Whether they enjoyed the video or not, they just do it, all right? (laughs) They just do it. But I think maybe people are wondering why we're talking about The Mummy. Mm. And honestly, this is one of the all-time greats. Uh, Like in terms of like fun action movies, if if this movie were never released, if this movie were put into a vault, Mm. uh, a tomb, if you will, and it was released now, I think people would still enjoy it as an action movie. I agree. I think there's only a couple of things that would let it down this year. The visual effects have that sort of air of not quite there a lot of it's which is good, quite common, of it's yeah. like, but I think that was quite common in like yeah. the mid to late nineties. Uh, and speaking of 
not quite verity. Rachel Weiss's character has a serious case of turn of the millennial eyebrows. I, ha- like I was going to say the exact same <laughs> thing. They're, they're practically non-existent. Yeah. She is very lucky they grew back. Oh, absolutely. If you know what you know a person's <laughs> age by how thin their eyebrows are. That's right. Yeah. I'm surprised she wasn't wearing like low slung like flared jeans <laughs> in that era. But anyway, this movie this movie's very good. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Yes. Action packed. Action packed. Well, you mentioned Rachel Weiss. She's terrific. Apparently she's the only one that was offered the role directly. Oh. Everybody else kind of had to audition. They went through a number of people. John Hanna's great. Apparently, if we're talking Rick O'Connell, yeah, we our are. leading man, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt was considered, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Matthew McConaughey. It was offered to Stallone. Tom Cruise also had a look in who oh. ended up <laughs> being in a Barbie movie anyway. When he signed on to that one, he's like, this is going to be exactly the same as the old one, right? And they're like, yep. Can you do me hair as good as Brendan Fraser's hair from 1999? You absolutely cannot top this hair. But we'll try. Yes. Mm. Uh, DiCaprio was also offered the part and he wanted to do it, but he was committed to the movie The Beach, uh, where he was mostly sitting on a beach or running through a beach. I like that movie. I think it's I think it's underrated. But I think what they did do then was go, okay, can we get Brendan Fraser then and just give him Leonardo DiCaprio's Titanic hair? <laughs> sure, yeah. Brendan Fraser is excellent. Yeah. In this movie. Agreed. Yeah, because I think I think a few people have pulled off this Indiana Jones-esque adventurer. I think there's obviously Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. There's Brendan Fraser. And Nicolas I th- Cage in National Treasure. <laughs> and National Treasure 2. Mm-hmm. And National Treasure 3, The Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. <laughs> I think his hair lets him down in that one. I think Chris Pratt gets pretty close For in sure, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of those things where they keep trying to do and it's a very fine line between smug prick mm-hmm. and confident and kind of a buffoon. And he yeah, manages right. to walk that line because he's not incredibly bright. Like, there's a moment where he shoots the mummy with a shotgun and then later he's like, I got him, don't even worry about it. Right. And they're like, no, he's undead. And he's like, no, no, I got him. I shot him, don't worry <laughs> about it. But this is also the 30s. Yeah, well, that's true. Pretty yeah. sure, you well, know. Well, mid-20s, oh, well. I believe. But then there's moments where he's like, oh, he doesn't like cats. And then he, you know, he uses that to his advantage. So, you know, he's not a complete dummy. <laughs> he just takes a cat off his utility belt. <laughs> exactly. He's right. always a man who's got a cat ready. That's why people like him. They're all kind of terrible people. Yeah, That's why you like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I like this movie is because it's all the characters to one degree or another are terrible people. Yes, absolutely. But even like John Hanna's like a he's a low level scumbag. He should with, be in jail with a with a with a veneer of being a gentleman. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's an additional thrill of this movie of like, boy, I sure hope that they escape the the clutches of the mummy. But at the same time, it'd be fine if they didn't. <laughs> It's not a big deal, yeah. So I just had a, I've just written this thought down, and I don't know why. Uh, is it <laughs> worth bringing up? I've written. I wonder what Imhotep would think of the movie Cats. Like, would it melt him? Is that a topical current reference? Is that no, why? No, that's I put a good reference. Oh, well, I yeah. don't think he'd recognise any of the creatures on screen as a cat. <laughs> but I mean, if you put him in that room, I think just the idea of a film would terrify him enough that he'd go on some sort of bloody rampage. Sure, so. yeah. He turn into a big sand tornado. Probably best not risk resurrecting him again. <laughs> I would. I would say. Probably. Okay, to show the movie. Cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a question though. You know how uh, Brendan Fraser is in the big Cairo prison, right? Yes. There's a moment when they enter it and there's just a dude on a big wooden rat wheel just running. <laughs> okay. He's not powering anything. He's Are you just sure. No, I looked, I rewound it. Mm-hmm. He's just having a jog. Is it an exercise wheel? Is that what they've put it in there for? Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I mean, maybe was that a common thing? Just a big wooden rat wheel that you had to be on? So you went to the you went to the effort of researching. 
whether the big rat wheel was in fact in the movie and whether it was connected to anything. But mm. you didn't do any research into Egyptian prisons of the 20s to see <laughs> if, if that was a common exercise technique for the prisoners. Look, if somebody could do that research and talk yeah. about it below, I'd really appreciate it. Because we, now that I think about it, maybe it's something I should have looked into no, if no, I was no, going to no. bring it up. Oh, God, I hope we get an email from a guy and is like, I exclusively researched... <laughs> Egyptian prisons in the 20s. And I want to be clear, this is the most accurate representation I've ever seen on film. Just I live whip. in despair every day because there's never been a better one. It's a wheel to nowhere. Why did they build it? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, apparently also he was hung for real in that scene. It had to be revived. Oh, that also happened excuse to Michael. Me? Yeah, that happened to Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future 3, where they just accidentally hanging people on set. Like, I think it was a thing that just used to happen <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Because normally there's like a fake brace that they put them in, but. Yeah. I, get, I don't know. Maybe, you know what, maybe that's actors' hubris. They're like, yeah. hey, uh, you'll be fine in this, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll be I'm fine. A tough, tough yeah. guy. I worked on my abs, I worked on my neck. <laughs> that's right. Well, Brendan Fraser has even said more recently that these films kind of ruined his body doing these stunts. Like, he's got permanent injury, and by the third Mummy film, he was just held together by, like, tape and ice. And if you see him in that movie, like, he's in good shape. Yeah, right. But he's broken. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, we're in that era where the whole deal with movies now is you just get a funny guy, you work him to the bone and give him abs. Yeah, that's right. And that's not sustainable. That's I, insanity, I right? I agree, yeah. I say, having not worked on my abs at all. <laughs> the, it's insane, though. Yeah. yeah. I agree. That's the thread that I'm holding onto and not hanging myself with. <laughs> I also enjoy the uh, the snivelly villain in this played by Kevin uh, J. O'Connor. Benny? Mm -hmm, yeah. I like the moment where he's like, hey, O'Connell, nice camel. And then you see later that he's also on a camel. So I don't know whether that's a mistake or not, but I just like the fact that he's just looking for anything to make fun of him about. Sure. He's like, nice camel, slightly worse than my camel maybe. Well, again, if, if you'd done your research, you would know that there was some very, very subtle but important distinctions between the two camels. If we could get an email... <laughs> a from camel expert. A camel from expert from... 1926. Just, well, exactly. They have, you know, breeding has, has yeah. shortened their legs significantly. Ah. Their humps are on the bottom now, you know. <laughs> what? So, it's like corgis, you know? Oh, God. They've done they, it all wrong. They used to be a noble beast, and now they're just... <laughs> a, you know? Sure, they're all backwards, yeah. Mm -hmm. Quick question. Um, yes. Why would you give... Imhotep, the high priest, mm -hmm. a super weird, super involved curse that means he can definitely come back from the dead and reap revenge. Knowing that if he did return, he'd arise a walking disease, a plague upon all mankind. In addition to being an unholy flesh eater with the strength of the ages, with the power over sands and the glory of invincibility. Why would you chance any of that is what I'm saying. Why wouldn't you just cut his throat and just put him in a bin? <laughs> well, first of all, that does sound very appealing. But second of all, you get to do the prank. The prank of... You wrap you, you wrap the guy up yeah. at like a mummy. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, don't worry, we're going to we're gonna get out of this. It's just a, this is a funny... This I mean, we've already cut your tongue off. But pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And then you stick him in the sarcophagus and you fill it with flesh-eating beetles. <laughs> How funny is that? You know what I mean? I you don't think to the future. You think... <laughs> you think of the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. And also, they're not going to be around, are they? Because exactly. they don't have the undead curse. Yeah. Uh, so apparently there is an explanation behind those scarab beetles, you know, that are they're quite quick and they're everywhere and they're flesh-eating. Mm -hmm. yeah. Apparently because they're in the coffin with him, mm -hmm. they eat him and he eats them and it's just this eternal kind of cyclical thing. It's not mentioned in the movie, but that is the explanation. And that's when one, like, crawls into his face, he just eats it like it's like a piece of popcorn. Okay, right. Because it's just like a snack to him after being <laughs> trapped for thousands of years. He's like, yeah, there's no big deal, huh. mate. I was going to say it's like some sort of massive sea creature like a whale or something and it's got like barnacles or like krill sure. on it or something like that yeah. but it's more like if you ate a cereal and the cereal also ate you 
Yes, that's exactly what so it's So it like. does make sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You mentioned the groundbreaking ILM special effects. There's things mm. like the giant sand face. It's yeah. a bit chonky, like mm. nowadays, but for the time, they, they sold it on that. They were for like, sure. check out this giant sand face. Mm. So I think it still holds up for the most part, but then there's moments where like, Brendan Fraser has to fight a whole lot of Fraser. Is it Fraser? Like freight? It's not. It's not. <laughs> but where he has to fight a whole lot of mummies, and he does this kind of balletic kind of sweep where the camera moves around him, and he's kicking them, and he's cutting them. Was this pre or post the Matrix? Because it's the same year. Same year. Oh, well, they they wouldn't have known that exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in that it was mo- just in the zeitgeist. It was in the zeitgeist. Just having a bunch of cameras around. Yeah, having a bunch of cameras <laughs> around. Yeah, that was in yeah. the zeitgeist. But if you look at the behind the scenes stuff. And it's pretty obvious when you look at it, none of those people or mummies are actually there and he's just swinging madly at nobody in the mm, behind-the-scenes yeah, footage. Yeah, it's yeah. quite funny, yeah. Yeah, it's a, a very clear case of, yeah, we'll fix it later. Yeah, exactly. Just do some swing and we'll sort it. So the villain, played by Darkman 2's own... Uh, uh, Arnold Vosloo. That's right. Mm-hmm. So the villain in this, though, it's mentioned multiple times in the behind-the-scenes uh, by the director and others that, look, we don't just want some shuffly bandage, man. We want real cool CGI stuff happening. If you watch the behind-the-scenes, it's just them saying that again and again. Also, if you want behind-the-scenes where it's just people talking about muscles shifting under skin in CGI representations of human people, then there's about a 30-minute section on that, and it's... I mean, it's incredible, but fuck me, it's boring. <laughs> I admire the work, but like... Whew. You say that, but there's, we're going to get an email from a guy who's like, well, I'm, personally, I, I studied muscle movements solely in Egyptians in the 1920s, and let me tell you, actually, this one was quite inaccurate, so uh, I don't know what to say. First of all, George Romero wanted to make this movie during the 90s, and he was going to have a more horror-style version with a more horrific mummy, and because this is PG-13, they tried to walk that line between... He's horrific and you can kind of see through him yeah, and right. some of his organs and some mm-hmm. of his skin and he slowly regenerates. But he's it's never like bloody or messy mm, in a way. It's more dusty. That, yeah, it's more dusty. It's more like like kindling. Yeah. But I think <laughs> overall, I think the effect works really well. And for a mostly entirely CGI component for a lot of this, I think that the detail in it still holds up. Except for the bit where he goes into the water at the end and goes, <laughs> doesn't, look, doesn't look that good, does it? But I mean, they've never perfected that, have they? I think they have. I mean, they did it in the... Thumbs down to this movie there. Yeah, thumb, big, big old thumbs, big old down. thumbs down. Yeah. So you would not be surprised by this, but there's been a number of spin-offs and tie-ins and sequels and the like. Mm. And I'm going to run you through some of them. You, of course, remember that we looked at the video game adaptation of this. Oh my God. Here's a clip. One of the worst things we've ever looked at. Would you? Is that inaccurate? Is that the one with a weird Rick O'Connell head? <laughs> yes, he's like a right. block, and his head's been pasted on it. Yeah, that's okay. exactly what it yeah, is. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> that too, it's like a two-rated knockoff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, there are a number of sequels. Stephen Summers, who directed this, Universal phoned him the morning after this movie was released, and they're like, "We need another one," which ended up being The Mummy Returns. Mm-hmm. There's also the spin-off, The Scorpion King, and then the spin-offs from The Scorpion King that aren't starring The Rock. There's the third one, obviously. Uh, there's the animated series. Big squeeze me. Big squeeze me. Never yes. even heard of that. That's right. Uh, the Mummy 2017 might also be in the same universe because one Mummies. of the because Mummies, obviously, uh-huh. but also the book. Is in that. Oh, the beautiful golden book. The beautiful golden book. Or the other book. One of the books (laughs) is in it. I'm not watching The Mummy again, all right, am I? Uh, And also, Brendan Fraser also turns up in G.I. Joe, which was also directed by Stephen Summers. Oh, okay. And he's mentioned kind of, look, loosely in canon, let's just say that he's a descendant of Rick O'Connell. And he does say, look, I know you're fighting cobras, Mm. but watch out for The Mummy. (laughs) 1999. <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah, exactly. So I just think it's really interesting that this universe, it's spun off so much just from this one blockbuster that just really took off and has never quite been replicated. Yeah. I don't mind The Mummy Returns. I wouldn't mind coming back and looking at it for this. Let us know if you want us to. 
But Boy, there's some ropey Scorpion King oh CGI in that goodness, movie, let me tell you. There ever. But I think a lot of the elements from that movie are just directly kind of brought back. They're like, oh, Imhotep's back and he's, instead of a big sand face, he's a water face, et cetera, and so yeah, forth. Oh, you know sure, I mean? yeah, it's yeah. all of that. And I like the idea behind the third one that they're going to China and it's the Terracotta Warriors and it's a whole different kind of lore behind it. Mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Syndrome. Exactly. As in, it's not a good movie regardless of... But we're going to Asia, yeah. Yeah, but we're going to Asia. Look, all in all, I think, look, it's definitely of its time, Mm. but it is that kind of gem that mostly holds up. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Like we said, there's elements of it that, you know, it's clearly dated because it's a 20-year-plus old movie at (laughs) this point. But again, it's a movie about an Egyptian mummy coming back to life and kill a scarab beetles. Yes. If you can hold on to that suspension of disbelief for that, mm. you can probably hold on to it for some of the CGI doesn't look so great. Yeah, exactly. Because that's not what I feel is driving the movie. I think it's what got people into theatres, but it's not what makes it still interesting. Because otherwise people would be talking about Wild Wild West because that had CGI too, didn't it? No one remembers. <laughs> yeah. Giant, remember the song about the giant metal spider? Yeah. Giant metal spider! Bam, 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 ba <laughs> We'll probably never cover that for this because they're never doing another one of those, are we? Are they? They're never doing another Wild Wild West. I mean, never say never. Never say never. I guess you're probably right. That's right. I'm curious, though, and I'm throwing this out to you specifically. Would you like to see a sequel to this? Returning cast members. Yes. uh, Bearing in mind, Rachel Weisz didn't come back for the third one. Oh. But do you think... She's doing Marvel movies now, you know. Oh, she'd definitely come back. Yeah. But do you think it would play now? Do you think everybody's too old? Do you think she's willing to pluck her eyebrows to the same level? I don't think she would, definitely not. I don't think so. I don't even think she did it for the second one. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, would you you see a sequel, though? Absolutely, I would. But do you think it would work? I don't know. Because I don't think it would. No, see, that's the thing. I think it'd be very much Indiana Jones 4 kind of syndrome. The difference being the first three of those movies are good. Yes. Yeah, also. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I mean, I would very much like to, just on the back of the movie, the the one movie, but given the huge number of spin-offs you've mentioned, all of which are bad. Yes. Then I don't hold out much hope for it. People but hey, see anything it. could be good. Anything could be good. And do people want to see it? I, You know, you never know, do you? <laughs> That's so true. Good. But generally, things yeah. aren't good, are they? I'll watch a thing with Brendan Fraser in it. Me too. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this has been Caravan of Garbage. We do this every week. If you do have a suggestion, please hit us up. Uh, I know... We did a poll on Patreon to see what other Dark Universe movies do people want us to look at. It seems we've got a definitive answer on that. I'm not happy about it, but that's got, <laughs> okay. that one's coming up. But in regards to what's coming next week, here's oh, yes. a hint. Mm. Oh. Uh, I can't say it. So I, don't I don't know, know. what it we is. Don't, we don't know it might be Star Wars Clone Wars. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know, though. I don't know. Oh, yeah, cool. This cool, is the extended cool. audio shit that people, this is what people pay top dollar for, this kind of content they that I They pay $1. Dollar. One top. No, I think this also goes out to everybody. Oh, then they pay zero dollars. Zero dollars. Yeah. Anyway, subscribe if you want for any of that because there are videos here every Sunday, Tuesday and Thursday. And of course, we have a podcast called The Weekly Planet where we talk movies and comics and TV shows that comes out every Monday. And that's all the things that I have to say. Incredible. You've done it again. I think I have, haven't I? Bless you. Namaste. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Grab that gem, you guys. We'll see you next week. Namaste. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.